Well, everybody, welcome back to Politically Smashed. I'm Don. He's DK. What's up, buddy? What's up? Man, it doesn't seem like too much high energy over there. Are we just going to ease into it? No, that was my deep voice. Deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> the mysterious DK. Yeah. How we doing, my man? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Knocking back a uh, couple beverages here, kind of loosening up, getting ready for our topics of discussion for today. We, we won't talk about what he's drinking. Just get my buzz on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we will not bow to any sponsors or endorse anybody yet. <laughs> so, uh, as always, the political world, politics in general in our country have always buzzed, buzzing with a never lot ceases of- to amaze. Ain't that for certain. I'm surprised the country in general doesn't have a drinking problem with what's happening in our politics. I feel like we're getting there. Yeah. I feel like yeah. we're getting there. We might like less money to big pharma, more money to big beverage. Yeah. I mean, you say <laughs> that they, they literally just talked about it today. There was a report that came out that the demographic of, I want to say it was like 18 to 25 year olds, over 60 something percent of them recorded consistent levels of anxiety or depression in the last two weeks like they like talk about just like on a in consistent level like over the like over a two-week period they consistently feel like over 60 percent of like 18 to 25 year olds I'm trying to remember the exact thing so don't like don't hold me to this nobody nobody get mad if i'm wrong just trying to you know <laughs> generalize it but get the it, it was something to the lines of like over 60 something percent or of of 18 to 25 year olds over a two-week period will consistently record feelings of anxiety or depression or loneliness or just just confusion essentially you know so i think it's it's again you say like are we all you know developing a drinking problem i think we're developing problems for sure right whether it's just drugs or drinking or or just general depression whatever yeah i think there's some issues for sure i think i have my own beliefs as to why it's the case but i think people are just wine bags and babies too much and uh we haven't taught people how to be resilient and and tough uh we've just coddled them and say oh don't get triggered honey but either way i digress uh all righty (laughs) well um (laughs) so i i did mention a couple of big businesses uh, that are out there big industries yeah and the first topic of conversation for today my friend is big business and the role they play in politics. Oh, and dirty, I see dirty, the look dirty. in your eyes already. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty. Here we go, right? So, yeah, and you asked me before we recorded it when we we're looking at the show notes. You said, what exactly do you mean in big business and politics? Yeah. Here's, here's what I'm looking at. Big business, obviously, plays a role in our politics, right? Whether it's the financial sector, the retail mm-hmm. sector, the service sector, donation uh, sector, donate. Well, they all, they all donate. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So there, there's many ways to look at it, right? Obviously big business, your fortune 500 companies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they all have, what's the word I'm looking for? Lobbyists on their behalf, right? Or unions on their behalf or whatever the case might be, right? Mm-hmm. This country, this country is an economic machine. Yep. Maybe not in such a good place right now, but nonetheless, an economic machine. So obviously, there are big players in politics when it comes to this. So the discussion that I want to have is where do we feel the role of big business and their big 
dollars should be or should not be in politics. Obviously, one of the things that's often said many times is the golden rule, the one with the gold makes the rule. And our mm-hmm. country, our country's economy has a lot of gold, baby. So, well, um, with, in a matter of speaking, yeah. So, co- <laughs> like, yeah. What comes to mind for if you consider that against how much debt we have, maybe not. Don't lose your focus. (laughs) But even then, but it but it would tie into the debt argument as well. So um, true. Prime example right now would be here in our own our home state, and this ridiculous fight that Ron DeSantis and Disney are having. Right, Mm -hmm. we talked about this last week uh, off air. Disney is. I, I can't even put Disney in big business. Disney is huge business. Yeah, they're in a right? league of their own. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you have essentially a town inside of a state that you govern yourself as a company should speak to just how much power you really have as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, that the city that surrounds you and the government that runs the state doesn't really have a lot of bearing on anything that you can or cannot do within those grounds and limitations of your property. It's kind of weird because it's kind of like literally they call it the magical kingdom, but that's kind of what it is. It's kind of like literally a kingdom inside of those property grounds that is really kind of untouchable. And, you know, I, I, that is in in a way it's dangerous. I, I think it's dependent on how you play the game. And I mean the political game, and this is, we're going to get into that, I'm sure, but absolutely. But it it, it it's just odd because you cannot name like seriously anybody out there name another company that's like that that has that level of power and control. There's just not one. There there literally is a they are a singular entity and essentially a monarchy of a company in terms of what they have power to do. So let's let's digress into it a little bit. And, and of course, we will bring up other factors and big businesses. But I mean, this one, we it, it's close to home here for us. And we've been listening to this for a year now, right? So we all know, well, we know, for those that don't know, the original reason that the whole argument started was Florida was passing a bill. Don't you say it. Don't you say it. I'm just going to say Florida was passing a bill. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I want I want to be vague because I want people I don't want to I want people to go out and read the information and draw their conclusions. Yes, right. Please I don't, do. Yes, right, please. Right. So I, I, I don't I, I want people to understand it. We'll give our perspective on it, perhaps, but we will deal in fact based. But I want people to look it up and understand. Florida passed a bill that Disney uh, initially wasn't going to take a stance on. This was their former CEO, not their current one. And a lot of their employees said, we work here in the state. We have issue with this bill. We are a powerful company in the state. Yep. We have the right, here we go, under the First Amendment, yeah. we can make our opinion known. Yep. And there should be no recourse for that. Whether we agree or disagree with the government, God forbid, local, state, or federal right, any company has the right to speak out against something that they don't believe in. Right yep. now, this is a case of Disney is backing its workers. Its workers said 
uh, we are not happy about this or we are not comfortable about this, right? In this case, Disney went to bat for its workers. Well, in some in a manner of speaking, in a manner of speaking, yes. However, Disney doesn't run a school. No. And it was a bill about parents' rights to their children's education between the grade level of, I'm just speaking facts, folks. Because if you haven't read the bill, go read the bill. Don't make inferences and opinions on something that you are not educated on because I understand what's in the bill. I also have, I also have three children. The bill was specifically about parents' rights to education and control over what their children are learning about between the grade levels of kindergarten through third grade. Now, and the bill specifies, we're not going to say what it is. We want you all to read it, but the bill right. specifies particular topics. Well, it right. So here's the crazy thing. If you read through that bill, all 34, whatever pages it was, I can't remember how many pages, but not a single line, sentence, or word in that bill said anything about don't say gay didn't happen wasn't in there i don't care how you want to swing it facts are facts fiction is fiction but that's what facts. the bill was labeled as not the official right title that's what it got bill, right that's, that's what it got labeled called. as right it was the bill was a parent's right of education bill that's what it was that's what it was what it got labeled as by disney was and the others say not just and others and, oh, yeah okay whatever the fights between him and disney so right. that's what we're, that's what we're say, yeah we don't want to single right. them out though right they, disney but the, got on the, board with others we always call the mainstream media, the cable network news media, went after it and said it was the don't don't say gay bill. Disney came out and said, "Oh, it's the don't say gay bill." If anybody goes and reads that bill and you find the words that don't they that, that literally say "don't say gay," I'll give you my personal information. You can text it to me if that's where the case is. DM me and I'll get you there. But I promise you, you won't find it because it's not there. Now let's focus on that for a second. So. And I agree with you on this, and this is where I'm going to agree with you on this because I know where you're going to go with this. But the aggravation is, and I understand where both sides are coming from, but the aggravation is, is Disney does not run a school system. Disney right. runs a experience-based platform. A multimedia company. A multimedia company parks. around providing a wonderful experience to people who want to come to their theme parks, watch their TV shows, and experience Family Disney. entertainment. And Right, they're purely an entertainment company. That is it. That is all they do. They entertain people both on TV, both in person at attractions and theme parks. And that is what they do. So why, oh, why do you feel that you needed to get involved in this? I don't know. It was a bad idea. Shouldn't have been done. And Disney should have just stayed out of it. But they have the power to make their platform heard because they felt like they could reach the largest amount of audience members because of that. So they utilize and extorted people for information and for for really a gain of power in terms of their statements and what they could put out there for the large mass to hear. And that is where they were wrong for that. Now, where Ron DeSantis is wrong for that is he should not have retaliated. He should have stayed out of it and let Disney bury themselves because they were already doing that to the large majority of the populace of Florida. They were burying themselves because they kept attacking him over it. Probably could have even sued them for defamation of character, but Again, he just retaliated, which that was the bad idea. That's where I disagree with on that side. So he probably should have just let it go, but he didn't. And now we have this big conundrum, right? But here's the so, thing. I will say yeah. this. Hold on. Let me let me just make this statement as a parent. Go ahead, please. And this is for anybody out there. If you believe 
in your heart of hearts that a kindergartner, first grader, second grader, or third grader should be taught about sex or sex education at literally the ages of five to eight years old. If you think that is a primary level of learning around sexual education, you are out of your effing mind. And I will say that publicly for everybody to hear. Darren, I'm pretty sure on our social media, you will get some reaction for that. I'm okay and I with welcome, that. We, excuse me, we welcome the comments both ways. So, and again, and if you can convince me otherwise, I challenge you to try. But my point is, as a parent, I don't think that schools should have that kind of conversation. Now, I remember, and I'm telling you, back in the fifth grade, back in I the remember <laughs> 1980. I'll age myself here. That's fine. 1989. No, no. Hold on. No, 19. Hold on. Wait, I'm not that old. Shit. Sorry. 1995. No. What was it? 1995. Yeah, 1995. 1995. Literally, that's damn near. Okay, now you're aging me. Okay. <laughs> damn near 30 years ago. I know you're older than me, but damn near 30 years ago. I, 30 years ago, understood it. And we had the very most basic conversation of human anatomy, most basic conversation of human anatomy when I was in the fifth grade. And even then, I thought it was extremely odd and creepy and very, very confusing to have that conversation at that age. So I can only understand that if you tell me that I'm going to teach it to a first grader or a second grader, again, you cannot convince me that that is a good choice. Because why do they need to learn about that? Maybe we need to focus on the real problem. And again, this is where I'm going to dive into this real quick. And I'm sorry, but we're going to have to have this conversation. Please. Because the real root of this problem, the real root of this problem is that schools believe that parents aren't doing the job. Let's because that's really what's going on. If schools think that they have to parent the children because parents aren't doing the job, because they think too many parents, and again, if you're a parent that you let a second grader on social media Again, shame on you, and I'll give you the challenge to convince me otherwise. But if you're letting a seven-year-old child on TikTok and letting them dance around in front of TikTok and on Facebook and Instagram to make, take little pretty photos that are, that are putting themselves out there at seven years old, you are, again, out of your mind, and I challenge you to tell me otherwise. But my point is the real issue and the root of the problem is parenting needs to get better. Schools don't need to do it. We need to start holding more accountability to parents doing their job at home. And again, the real problem with that is if we want to get down to the root causes is that we don't have the family structure that we used to a long time ago. The core family values and structure of what family was and what it really meant to be a family and a household family is, is all but disappearing, it seems like, anymore. We're letting computer raise, raise our children. We're letting social media raise our children. We're letting Parents them see the world through two social jobs, media. Never home. Parents are working right. two jobs because everybody's just, just to trying to get by meet. because of everything just right. sucks in the economy and everything seems awful. So everybody has to work harder and harder and harder just to get by, just to try to give their kids some semblance of life that is happy for them. So therefore, the kids are just staying at home all by themselves, playing on social media, learning all this crazy stuff. And then we wonder, well, what happened to our children? What do you think happened to your children? Like, seriously, what do you like? It's look again, I have a, I'm a college level education. I'm not the brightest person in the room, but I promise you, I understand common sense m m better than most people. And if 
people could just sit down for a second and figure that out, it is not that hard to understand where the real root problems are here. And that's what we need to be addressing, not what schools are doing or why schools have to have more power over the parent and why the schools should be able to do this. No, no, no. We need to address why parents should be the ones having this conversation at the proper time when they deem that is necessary for their child to have that conversation. And again, I believe at a certain level in school, you should start learning about human anatomy. You should start having conversations around that. But at six years old, seven years old, no way, Jack. Absolutely not. And that's where all the hype up has gotten from this because parents are really pissed off about this. People are misinterpreting how pissed off parents really are. And I know there's a lot of parents out there that are listening to this. And if you are, I promise you, you understand that as well. It will piss you off to understand that somebody out there in the world thinks that they know better than you on how to teach your child about sex education and when they think the time is right for that. And that is not okay. And I'm done. Go ahead. How do you feel? I feel better now. You had to get that off your chest. <laughs> okay. So a little, a little digression there, but nonetheless, sorry important. folks. No, no need to apologize. Like I said, it, it, one conversation rolls into the next. So be it. I mean, we're going to do a show every week. If we have to change what we're going to discuss this week based on the conversation taking place. So, so be it. It should be an organic conversation, not just a bunch of, uh, cliff notes that we're going to stick by right um we do this almost every week so no worries i'm always organic and i'm always organized <laughs> right so back back to the original discussion take a side note uh what you said there we're going to have further discussion on that we touched on it a little bit in a previous show mm -hmm. but i think it uh i believe you and i both agree it's worthy of further discussion and not just a brief segment yep all righty so Talking back to big business and the fight with uh, Disney and mm -hmm. Governor DeSantis. So whether or not Disney should have said anything. What's well, besides the point now? Right, it's besides the point. It's right? too late. Right. They're, they are a big business. Yep. They are a big producer of jobs and tax dollars to the state. They have a powerful voice in the state. So, uh, and there's states like that all over the country that have one, maybe two predominantly huge businesses that are core to their, to what they are. So of course, when you have a lot of employees like that and a big megaphone, if there's something you don't agree with, you're going to say so Yeah. on the flip side, uh, whether or not you agree with Disney speaking on their belief, the belief is still protected whether it's one person saying it or 50,000 people saying it or corporations saying it they also have a right to stand by what they believe yep. or what they endorse now politically Ron DeSantis is made I'm sorry even the GOP is telling Ron DeSantis yeah you got to back off brother um this isn't a fight you should pick this isn't a fight you should have picked you should have just let it roll off your back yep. and the saga continues now taxpayer dollars are going to be used for him to counter sue Disney, which is a waste of money. And that's a whole nother discussion, yep. but uh, bringing it full circle, right? There are big businesses in States across the country that have an influence on politics. Yep. So what, what role I believe the right, I believe the businesses have this right on whether it's a local mandate or a state mandate or law or a federal mandate or law. 
big businesses, especially if they're speaking on behalf of their employees, have a right to make their position known. People endorse these companies by spending your paycheck with them, right? Yep. We all have our favorite brands that we like. If if there's something that this big business is doing that you don't like, you'll find an alternative. Yep. It's like that with anything. So whether or not people like it, big business does play a role in our politics. It is a cornerstone of our politics. What I'm wondering is, is where... Is there a line that should be drawn? They can't, they have a first amendment right to speak their, speak their mind, which is true. They have a right to back their interests, which is best for business. Correct. Sure. But look, and okay, that's fine. So quick, quick question on that though. Yeah. If you're in the entertainment sector and oh, you're I was waiting for you to there, get there <laughs> and you're solely there to entertain people, mm-hmm. how is it truly in your best interest to come out and attack somebody over a bill that you believe so strongly in, but you're voicing the opinions of such a very small group of people, such a very, very not nominal, small group of people that believe that. And again, we always talk about the loudest voice in every room, right? gets the most attention, the right? Biggest megaphone. Correct. Yeah. So the problem is, is you, you let such a small group influence what you said that potentially could have annihilated such a larger group of people to support you, and you're in the entertainment industry. Why would you do that? So, I like, get- I think in the entertainment industry, I think truthfully, I think they should stay out of as much as possible because your goal should always be to live somewhere in the middle of that platform. Kind of like there's the question are. right there. You just answered it, right? Yeah, they, they should always attempt to live somewhere in the middle because your goal is either a sales organization or entertainment industry is to never attempt to annihilate any one individual class of representation that may or may not buy from you, shop with class, you, be entertained by cause, you. whatever right. the case might be. I don't understand how any organization or company can think that that's a good idea. Because let me... Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So Disney locally, right, in the state. Yeah. And then their CEO came out and, and talked about it, but it was basically You Disney mean the one here. that got fired? Yeah. yeah. Disney good, here. Good for her. Him. <laughs> well, no, that it was a her that what got fired, wasn't it? No. No. It was a him. Who was the lady that got fired? I'm not was sure. It the VP? It was a VP. Maybe, but but yeah. the CEO, his name was uh Bob Chopek, I believe. Yeah, but now was they a got replacement a for Bob Iger who is back and yep. in the entertainment industry, I don't know how much you follow entertainment news, but by Bob Iger in the entertainment industry is like the gold standard. You don't pick yeah. a fight with this guy unless you know, you're going to win. Yep. Unfortunately, he hopped into a fight that was carried on. Correct. And, correct. and now he's got to, he's got to figure it out. Correct. Yep. It's in his lap now. Yep. So let, let me ask you this. Let, let's change the perspective on it. Right. So it, it was, what we'll say, we'll put the term local Disney, right? It was restricted here to Orlando, it's theme parks and its employees locally, right? Mm-hmm. Your argument is they sh- uh, the big companies, the big business try to stay in the middle on politics. So would your, just opinion, stay out of change, it. Would your opinion change if Disney spoke up against this because this was a federal law that was being passed and they said as a encompassing the whole country and disney as an entertainment empire 
and huge across the United States. Would the argument change and go, okay, it wasn't a local thing. It was a federal thing, a countrywide thing. And that's why we spoke up. Would your argument change then? Because it could affect a bigger portion of the population and not a smaller I, area. I, mean, I guess it depends on the issue. I mean, I guess it really depends on the because my goal is this. If you looked at me today and just let's let's just do simple math. If you looked at me today and said, if you come out tomorrow and you say something about somebody else that could potentially hurt 20% of your base that shops with you, is entertained by you, 20%, if not more, do you think it's a good idea to say it anyway? Like it, how much is it worth to you to 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 hop on that train of trying to appease and appeal to less than one percent of what the population believes? So at this point, are you just trying to score points? Are you, right? But my point is, who are you trying to score points for? Because you're not scoring them for yourself. Because that's going to cost you roughly twenty percent of your revenue business of the people that you are trying to entertain and, and retain into your theme parks, entertainment business, shop with you, whatever. Is is it worth 20% to appease and entertain and shout out a voice for 1%? Like, I'm sorry, but my math is pretty solid. I think I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I don't think it's worth it. And I will point out for the record that originally... The former Disney CEO was not, if you recall, not going to say anything until the workers in Orlando started getting in an opera over it. And they're like, you got to say something. Right. right? So, okay. so he 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 bowed to the local pressure. So, so again, in the grand scheme of how many employees Disney has, we let a small percentage of that mm -hmm. company deem what was necessary to be said to the masses. That is in, it's insanity. That's dumb. Right. I don't care what so, anybody says. That's bad business. And that's the reason that person got fired. That was a stupid, silly decision to make. And okay. again, DeSantis to, to do what he did was a silly decision. Shouldn't have done it. You should have just made your statement and let it go. Literally just make your statement. And I still believe that he's a good governor, but you should have just made your statement and say, look, they can say whatever they want to say. It's their first amendment, right? Good on them. But the facts are the facts. And I will stand by the facts of what's in this bill and I will leave it at that and then walk off the stage and then let Disney bury just do themselves. the do the mic drop and be yeah, just let it. Disney bury themselves. That would have done so much more harm to them than what's going on now because right. they got more money than you got brother. They can hire more lawyers. They can do whatever they want to do to find anything they can find to make your life a living hell for the next three years. And they don't care. They are fine with doing it because they have so much liquidable assets. They don't have to give a shit. And that's the problem. So is that sometimes when you have that much money and that much power, this is where corruption gets involved because then it doesn't matter what the problem is or the situation is or what you said or didn't say. It's just what matters is that if you have enough money to piss your way out of it, they don't mind doing that. And that's where it's dangerous. So if you wanted to have a war with words with Disney, that was one thing. But I won't bore people with Florida law. But a bunch of other things took place, which, quite frankly, I don't think was necessary. 
Um, and I'll leave it to to listeners to read up on the information and draw their sure. own conclusions. Yeah. Um, but but I think uh, in the long run, the governor on this particular issue has done more harm for himself than good. For the, yeah, for the state, no, but for him, yes, I think yes. he's it's it's right. gonna it's gonna affect him. I don't think to a large degree, no, but I think it will affect him because there's so many suburban people and and middle class families that have children that do still 100% believe that Disney should have never said what they said. Now they'll still go to Disney because again this I this whole cancel culture shit is so aggravating. Like just because you said something I don't like, I I'm not going to boycott your stupid theme park. I'm not going to never go there ever again because if my kid wants to go see Mickey Mouse, I'll go see Mickey Mouse. I whatever. want my kid to be happy. As long as Mickey Mouse doesn't squeeze, you know, squeeze my 8-year-old's ass, whatever. <laughs> totally God. fine, brother. But my point is is I'm not I'm not going to be involved in that cancel culture. They a large group of the country is is in that same boat. They're not going to just jump on the bandwagon so quickly and immediately and be like, "F you because you said that I'll never spend another dime with you again." Because we all know that that's really not how it's going to play out. There will come a day and a time for the for the the vast for the large population out there. Yeah, that will be a very small portion. Yeah, very small portion. There will be others that will take their place. So that's not an issue. You're talking less than five percent of the population will live and die by that, and will never touch another product from that company or whatever the case is but you know what? if you but if you want to do portion. that if you want to do that in protest and it makes you feel good be my sure guest. that's your god-given yep, right that's, that's your, your right. american yep. We're right not question to do that you on it. nobody's going to question you or many people are going to question you but they I'm can't not, if that's yeah if that's your feeling no yeah i know we're you. not but but yeah. that's whatever unfortunately you, you a lot yourself of country out. out there but it's a small part of the population that's going to believe that way so if that's the case then just carry on and move on dude like it's you know let it go for both parties let it go like you both made your peace you both said what you said you both did harm let's about the situation and let's get over it right like move on hit it because it ain't going to get no better for either either entity it's just going to drag it out and make it worse for everybody so it ain't worth it like some things are worth it and some things ain't this ain't worth it no it's not and speaking of uh moving forward and let's uh let's just get on with it We're going to get on with a break here, and we'll be back with you in just a few moments. Hello and welcome back. So we are here. We are having at it and we're having a great conversation about big business in politics. Again, myself is Darren and we got Mr. Don here with us again. And we're going to have some fun conversation around why big businesses and politics are involved when we think they should or should not be. So Don, give it to me. Anytime, brother, anytime. I'll lay it on you, right? So big business obviously does play a big role in our government in general, right? Big business pays a lot of tax dollars. Big business employs a lot of people. So when we get to big business and politics, I guess there's a couple of things that we need to look at. Um, When big business is playing in politics, here are my questions. 
and I'd love to hear your answers. Number one, when the big business gets involved in politics, are they protecting their own interests? Number two, are they protecting their employees' interests? And number Mm -hmm. three, is there a bigger benefit to all? So for the first question, big business with all the money, are they protecting their own interests? The answer is yes. Always right? yes. Oh my God, come on. Always yes. You you want to conduct business your way. Mm-hmm. Some companies want more regulations. Or Some you have to stay in business. And one of the ways you stay in business is by protecting your business. Like Correct. that's You want your business to grow, right? And you want yeah. your business to grow unimpeded. You don't want Roblox. You want to keep that money flowing. Bring it in, right? Yep. And of course, if they're bringing it in, then the stockholders are happy. We got to we gotta throw a shout out to the stockholders, the people that invest in these companies. Keeps Wall Street running. So I think you and I both agree on the first one. They're protecting their own interests. They mm-hmm. have to. Yep. Fair enough. Number two, when the companies, these big companies get involved in politics, are they protecting their employees' interests? I believe some are. Let the discussion begin. I believe some are. I, I don't believe that many are. I think there are some good companies out there that truly care about the majority of their employees and the safety and happiness of their employees. And they're willing to do what's right to protect them to a degree. But I, I think the most basic principle understanding here is that money creates greed. Greed seeds into corruption and corruption will always win. Because greed is a son of a bitch. Yes, and it can, it can make the best of us into the worst of us. And I think that is where too much money in politics creates too much problem. And I There's... think there should be a limit to what you can and cannot do when it comes to big business and politics. And there should be a limit. I think big businesses should want that too. And I think politics should want that too. So, because I think it attempts to weed out some of the corruption and the bad behavior and the so-called bad actors that are out there. But of course, the ones that benefit obviously want to make sure they pass the laws that benefit them. Because if it doesn't, then a particular faucet might get shut off from donors. So there you go. The money in politics. So number But that, again, takes you away from the sole purpose and premise that the heart of this nation is what? It's people. It's the people. And if the heart of this nation is the people, and we're not taking care of the people, and the people's interests are not the highest of our own, then what are we doing? Not our job, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that's what happens every day, though, right? Like, that's the problem. That is the heart and soul of this nation is the people that live in it. Because at the end of the day, we are the government. We are what makes up the government. We are what elects the government. We are what pays the government. And we are what therefore, follows the government. Right. Therefore, that makes us truly the backbone and the heart and soul of this country. Therefore, you would think that the majority of government and big business would want to protect us in return 
But that, my friend, is just not how it goes. I mean, you can look at the medical industry and see proof of that. You can look at so many big different pharma, industries. Big oil. Yeah, banks, you can look at so many industries and, and so find industries. the proof behind that. And that is probably one of the most disturbing things to me because it just doesn't make sense. And you can't explain it to me in a way that I think it'll ever really make sense or be right or the right thing to do. And that's why I think the good companies out there, unfortunately, will never be the biggest companies in the world because they're trying to well, do just, the right thing. Because they're trying to do the right thing for their people. So they don't fall into the lines of corruption. They don't fall into the lines of bad business uh, just to protect their own investments and their own interest. And they do genuinely care about the people that work there. And, you know, I, Kudos to those companies, man. I, I my hat. There are off a lot of companies out there that genuinely, I believe. Yeah. You know, it's a mix. It's a mixed bag, but there are a lot of companies out there that generally believe in their well-being of their employees because they understand. Yeah. Without those employees, you don't have a company. Yeah, like Richard Richard Branson was one of the biggest company owners that I think still genuinely followed those values. And he I think he, he does. He went to his workers and said, what do you guys want? Yeah, like I, I think genuinely he was one of the largest businesses that I, I really do believe in my heart of hearts that he had more genuine care and compassion for the people than he did for the company. And I think because of that, the company was successful. The company was that. very successful off, yeah. off the backbones of what his people did for him what do we because say? of that. What do we say in our industry? Happy stores mean happy drawers. 100%. Right? <laughs> you mean like my under drawers or the drawers? No, 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 no. We're not. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to stay out of those. <laughs> That's an exclusive uh, to your wife only, sir. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, so I think so far we've agreed on the first. We've explained our viewpoints on the second. So now comes the third. Mm-hmm. The big money that big business pumps into the politics. Yeah. Are there, I'm going to frame it this, the question this way. Are there companies out there that are truly trying to make the difference and make the country a better place? Or are there just a lot of these big businesses out there that are just trying to have it their way to increase their profits? I think the real big companies, like the big, big companies, I, I think that they just, they begin eventually to just lose sight on the important values that made their company good because money just becomes too big of an issue and now, too big of a driving factor to where I think they just start to lose sight of it. Now, I think there are a couple good companies out there, um, but we're not here to, you know, to name names or pick on individuals, but I would say that, um, it's tough, dude, because I mean, you know, like when it's a get, fine line, like you said earlier. It's a fine line. It's hard. It's a hard line to walk and be a successful big company. And I, I understand that. I get that. But I don't know. Like it, at the end of the day, is it worth it to sell your soul to the devil just to just to ensure that your company stays in the black for the next 10 years? Like so, if it is to you, then congratulations. So let, let me ask you. If if you go and work for a company, I, I want to know your personal take, not the generalizations, but you personally. Mm-hmm. 
if you go and work, you look for a new job and you apply for a company, say, great, the benefits are great. It looks like mm -hmm. they care about their workers. That's fine. But you find higher up that the company, its top executives, whoever, are donating to causes or to political affiliations you are not aligned with or disagree with. Would that be grounds for you to go, I'm out? I don't agree with the way the company is handling it outside of the, in the business world, your job, you're getting a nice paycheck. You've got all the mm -hmm. benefits in the world. They're taking good care of you, but the company on the outside politically to protect their interest. And uh, I don't want to be harsh, but under the guise of taking care of its people, right? Sure. A, a strong company wants to take care of its people. Sure. Um, they don't agree with you politically or or like in the case of Disney, right? They speak out against something that you firmly believe with. Would you right. be the type of person that goes, I can't do this. I got to go someplace else. Well, I think it, it depends because, I, I, you know, having a good moral standing on something, there's no harm in that. There's no there's nothing wrong with that. And again, if, if people leave companies for that reason, yeah, 100 percent, you know, more power to you as long as you're doing it the right way. As long as you're protecting your family and 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 you first, absolutely. If that's if that's your moral grounding, then that's your moral grounding. I think that. So you personally, reason, I guess, I guess the I guess the way to frame it would be this: is for you personally, if you were faced with that decision, sure, this would be a case of whether you're going to side with politics or making sure you got food on the table. Yeah, again, that's the that's the harsh reality of the situation, right? Is that sometimes we have to realize that we go to work every day and we do a job that we may or may not like very much, or, or it might be for a company that we may or may not like very much. But that's the point in time where we have to swallow our pride and we have to humble ourselves to, to what really matters most in our lives. And that's our family. That's our, that's our safety. That's our security. And if that is the company that's currently providing it to you, unless you have another option or a better option to go to, then my advice is always going to be to, to you know swallow that pride a little bit and do what's right for your family and yourself first now again if doing what's right for you and if you're a single person and doing what's right for yourself is saying screw that company you're not standing for that you're not going to stand for those values and you're going to leave hey man again more power to you I, I i and i applaud people who have that strong moral background uh and backbone to do that if i had if i was working for a company that really just fell into the things that I really disbelieved in and I was not going to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. If, if it would affect me wanting to work there, it would affect me wanting to continue to work there as a career option. Uh, I would a hundred percent look to seek other ways and other companies to work for that did align better with the values that I believed in. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent, but I'm never going to sacrifice my family for that. You know, there's, I just have, a strong set of values that as a protector of the household, in my opinion, that's a, that'd be a silly family thing to above do. all. Yeah. That's a silly thing to do. Have your moral, have your moral grounding. There's nothing wrong with that. And you should have that. And, and taking a strong stance to what you believe in again, nothing wrong with that. And that's on both sides. If you believe in a certain thing, again, having a strong stance on that, that's great. As long as it's respectful and it's understanding that you're doing what's right for you and your family and, you're protecting what's best for you. That's that's the most important thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, a hundred. But yeah, it would a hundred percent affect me though, in terms of wanting to work for a place like that. And I think we've seen a lot of that over the last few years. 
Right. That's uh, why I brought it up. I mean, yeah, I, a lot I'm, of companies, a lot of people have left companies because of that. A lot of people have less states because of that. People have moved to different states. A lot of people have moved to Florida. I mean, that's there's there's no shortage of national news that talks about that. Uh, we're in the news every day, brother. We, we have <laughs> for one seen reason it. or another. People who, as as people who live in Florida, we have seen it firsthand. A lot of companies and a lot of people are moving here, and continuously have been moving here. Now there are some people moving back to to the states that they might have come from. Now that COVID is over and the schools are kind of back to normal, because when the whole schooling thing got weird, massive massive influx of people moved to Florida because they wanted their kids to have a good founding education, and. They saw Florida was the best opportunity for that because Florida kept their kids in school. A lot of people moved here for that. And a lot of people have either agreed to stay here or some have moved, have started to move back to their states because, you know, everything's opening back up. Everything's back kind of to normal now. I say normal, uh, as normal as we're going to get in this point in time. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I think there's been a lot of businesses that have come out for certain beliefs and certain political beliefs and has it affected their business yeah absolutely has it affected their employee morale and integrity within the company yeah absolutely um you know i think it's it's a detriment to to their their company sometimes to do that um especially again when you're trying to give the smallest percentage of people with the loudest voice in the room the loudest megaphone loudest megaphone I, again, I don't, I don't agree with that policy. I think that's a terrible idea. I think you're making a big mistake as a company, but there are companies that have done it, uh, and they, and I think they're, you know, they're they're seeing results of of an unhappy workforce in a lot of places. That's why you see turnover so high in a lot of companies. I mean, hell, even our company we work for, we won't name them, but there's a lot of companies who have a lot of high turnover. I mean, it's it's pretty common now across the board. People are the constantly the looking. Yeah, people are kind of constantly look for for who is going to align with their values the most and who will believe in them the most and give them the the best space to work in. You know, I, again, I don't think there's any harm in that, but I think companies have done harm to themselves by taking stances like that when they probably shouldn't have. I'm going to side with you on that. Obviously, I have a family I need to take care of. So if I'm working for a company and I disagree with their politics or their donations, if it's not affecting me in my job. Mm-hmm. I need to put food on the table and keep a roof over my head. If I'm in a situation where it can, where I can change that, or I'm given the opportunity to change sure. that, I would probably take it. One thing with big business and politics and our politics are so toxic right now. It, it's really sad to see it permeate into the workplace. Mm-hmm. I should be able to converse with my coworkers freely, respectfully, and not be afraid of on election day, who'd you vote for, you know, and Mm -hmm. then chastise you for two years, four years, whatever the case is. You and I discuss politics at work on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. but we always are mindful of where we are when we're having the discussion because Mm -hmm. somebody might get offended or somebody might disagree with, which I find for our position personally comical because you and I discuss it in the open the same way we do here. Like I don't see how it would be possible to offend you at that point because we're discussing both sides of the issue, Mm -hmm. you know, but some people just, they don't want to talk about it. And it's so sad because 
we should be able to freely without without repercussions to discuss our politics how does the country move forward if next to our family our co-workers are like our second family next to our family we spend more time with our co-workers than anybody sure do you know and and unfortunately we saw over the years with, with the election of president trump like families divided families stopped talking to each other right in, in the sure in, did. In the workplace, all of a sudden, hey, you know, this guy's my friend. We love everything. And then that election happened. And all of a sudden, well, he's an asshole. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, man, like it's politics. But this is another case of we have to be careful what we say or, or a particular T-shirt that we wear because somebody's going to be offended. And the next thing I know, I'm going to be getting screamed and yelled at. Why? We we If you really want the country to be a better place we got to have the discussion yeah. respectfully the i have to understand is, your viewpoint well i'll tell you what the problem is i will 100 tell you what the problem is right after we come back from break see you in a couple All right, everybody, we're back from the break that Darren sprung on me. He let me sit there and run on like a rambling idiot and then was like, oh, we need to take a break. <laughs> yes, we did. And we are back. We are back. So now I'm going to 100% tell you why I think things have gotten the way they have gotten. And, and you talked about how we should be able to discuss you know, things like this at work or in places of our own family and uh, without the fear of offending, uh, offend, yeah, offending somebody or upsetting people or triggering people. I hate that word. I swear to God, I hate that word so much. But I think the reason why it has gotten that way is to the root of the real core understanding of the problem is that we have stopped teaching the youth of this country to be resilient and strong and to learn how to handle adversity and we've taught them that they needed safe spaces and quiet places for them to to calm their minds from the world that becomes so offensive and so mean to them and that people have literally just stooped into a level of you know either depression or or you know just misunderstanding of the world and i i like i tell my kids all the time this world is not a very nice world and it's not that it's a bad country. It's not that it's bad people. It's just the world in general is never going to be that nice to you. And you have to learn how to handle adversity in this life. You have to learn how to handle mistakes and failure and understand that it's merely an opportunity to find out how to succeed the next time. And you're going to find people in this lifetime that are going to offend you. They're going to upset you. And they're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to say stuff to you that you may or may not like. And that's okay because that's why we live in a great country that allows people to be able to do that. 
And you have to understand that you have to be strong and that you have to handle it and be an adult and and know how to be resilient in this world because it's tough. It's not an easy world to live in. I think a lot of us understand that. So let me ask you this question. So in bringing it all in together, right? Mm-hmm. So the youth of the country, we, God bless them. we, we are not, they're our future come hell or high water, man, one way or the other, they're the future. Yep. So let me digress into that and ask you this. If the children of the country, our youth are not being taught the proper values, we're not having those discussions with them about adversity and whatnot. And we have that conversation with them, right? Yep. As a parent, we have that conversation with them. Yep. But when you go online, you go on the news, you see our politicians and older people, people, their parents age, people, their grandparents age, acting worse than they are when we're trying to have that discussion. What example yep. are we setting? Because essentially yep. we're teaching, trying to teach them one thing. But then telling them, well, I'm teaching you this, but once you get out of the real world, it's okay for you to, and fill right. blank, right? So where where do we as, and I'm going to put this in there, as big business playing in politics yeah. and the politicians themselves, what's their role? What role should they play in bringing civility to the discussion? So I think we have to... I think we have to just, I don't know. It, it, First of all, I think what you and I just, we have to be able to listen to each other. For, no, for sure. And I, but I, I, I like the, the days, I like both sides of it because the days of old was always, there was, there was always things that we just did not discuss at work. It was never brought up. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't allowed to be talked about. And there were reasons why that was, is because people just did not know how to handle it well. And I believe a lot of times politics generally was not discussed. Yeah, politics and religion. That was like the two things, the golden rules of thumb that people just did not discuss at work because it was an area that was uncomfortable for people. That's why a lot of people didn't discuss it at the dinner table because not everybody was always going to agree on that. And I think that's where... I don't blame I don't blame the youth of today for that. I blame the older generations for that because instead of teaching people how to talk about it, we told people not to talk about it. We just got it, yeah. yeah. Right? Right. So so we taught people to not talk about it, right? So we told the kids and the younger generation to say no to no to just don't talk about it. If you go to work, don't bring it up. Don't talk about who you voted for. Don't talk about if you go to church or not. Don't talk about your stance. Don't talk you're... about where your religious stance is or whether you're pro this or pro that or whatever. Don't bring that stuff up because other people aren't going to agree with you. And it's better just to not have the argument. Than, sweep it under the carpet. Then And just sweep it under the rug and let it go and don't talk about it. So we taught people that. But the problem is there's one big wrinkle in that. And it always comes back to this. And this is where I think people just have to understand the big evil in the room is social media. Because at the end of the day, they are also a business. And this is where it got the worst because then social media came along. 
And we didn't teach people how to deal with social media. We didn't teach the younger generation on on how to handle conversations through social media. So what well, when it came out, was, it was like a learn as you go. Right, I get right? it, but yeah, but but my point was is it's this country has always done things ass backwards in a way where we wait until a massive problem occurs, and then, and then we want to create regulations and, and ways to deal with it afterwards. We never want to be on the front side of the problem. We always want to wait till the problem happens and then react to you it. You want to wait till there is a problem. Right. So social media came along. People didn't understand the the premise behind what the evils of it could have been. They just looked for the positive. And there but are a lot of positives. Too. There are a lot of 100%. positives. 100%. There's a lot of positive social media. But the evil behind it all is what it ended up giving people was a platform to make their voices heard without the fear of the actual conversation. No repercussions. The, or no the repercussions of what they might have said or who they might have offended or or having the opportunity to be offended back in return through an actual discussion so there's no consequences so there was never actions. any consequences for any actions of what they said and then they were like oh my god that felt so good i got all of that off my chest and nobody can say anything back to me or hurt me and if they can they don't know who i am just let it roll off my back and right goes on. and then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and then here we are today everybody's like oh my god i feel triggered oh i don't know what to do and then they have to create safe spaces at work now for people and and quiet places for people to have quiet rooms literally there are places at work that do that for people it is astonishing that we have now created a society where people have to have safe places to go have quiet time so that way they can mentally collect themselves Correct like, me if I'm you... wrong. Isn't that what home was for? Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? So again, we, we in an older generation, and I say we, I'm not that old, but I'm kind of where we, me and you kind of live in the middle of that generational gap where Correct. we were kind of part of it, but we still had some old school moral grounding that was part of our come up. We understood that, what it was, but there was a respect for it. Right. But we were also older, like when social media became a thing. Right. So like right. we, we were there at the entry level phases of it, but we weren't we weren't very young, so it it wasn't as easy for it could, to have been corrupting to us because we had a lot more solid moral grounding to stand on by the time it came out, and that's again where the real breakdown happened is is the nuclear family and the home values were kind of lost, and we stopped teaching those real core values to kids in younger ages. So, and we were like, well, just honey, go to your room and play on your tablet. And then they end up downloading TikTok or whatever all these other things are. And then they're like, oh my God, this is crazy. So now it's become a case of there. like, we have to deprogram the kids. Yeah. And again, and that's, I think a lot of parents have, are going to have to come to the real hard realization is that this generation has been very, very corrupted by many different systems and many different entities. And you're going to have to try to deprogram a little bit of that information. But to and some extent that the youth now doesn't know which way is up and which way is down. They don't. I yeah. ask them. They're bombarded, them. they're bombarded by everything. Yeah. And, and they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to, to deal with adversity very well. Right. That's now, why. On, I, on a flip side, can you say, can you blame them? No, again, I, I, and I said it earlier. I don't blame yeah. them for that. It's not their fault. That is the older generation for failing them. I mean, a hundred percent is that that is on the parents of that generation that failed those kids that allowed that to happen to them. 
And, you know, again, I shame on those folks for that, man. I, you are wrong for that, to do that to the kids because you, you've set them up for absolute failure in their life. And there's a select few that will overcome it and they'll get through it. But there's a lot of kids that won't. That's why there's so many different confusions out there. There's so many different things that people don't understand. They don't know what's going on with their bodies or their lives there's, or there's their no, emotions. Uh, would you say there's no clear messages? There's too many right. messages. Do you know why? Why? Because they were never taught a real strong backbone of moral grounding. And that is where the larger question comes in. Huh? Or factual grounding. Yeah. Or factual. There's that they never, they were just never taught that. And, you know, again, I'm not a super religious person by any stretch of the matter, but I do believe that moral grounding and moral integrity comes typically from a religious place in a general sense. And that is where you typically find right and wrong to be determined. Because, like, who really determines right and wrong? Like, really, right and wrong is basically, down, basically, it's a jury of your peers. It's you. a jury of your peers. It's a set of laws. But where are those derived from? Like, you can take it back all the way to the beginning of time. Those are always going to derive from some form of religion that taught somewhere through the lineage and somewhere through the time that there are certain sets of values, there are certain sorts of understanding that these are right, these are wrong, and this is what you need to understand. So again, people can say what they want about religion, but religion holds a lot of the core backbone of what we understand to be right and wrong today. But we've demonized, not say we, but a lot of people have demonized religion, and sometimes rightfully so, because there are some that are, you know, whatever it's way a lot of hypocrisy in that world but yes but we have disregarded the fact that there is a lot of good to understand about why religion was what it was and why it does help teach a lot of good strong moral backbones to families and again we a lot of people have lost sight of that uh and it's that is frustrating but it is the truth and you know you don't have to like it but i promise you it is it is very true and there we and there we go, right? Uh, we opened the discussion with big business and politics and touched on a lot of issues that does tie everything together for big business and politics and its workers in the country as a whole. So uh, yeah. I, I think a very uh, enlightening and eye-opening discussion. And of course, on the evil social media platforms, mm-hmm. you are free to leave your opinions and be respectful. But uh, DK and I might actually give you a shout out and respond to a couple of them. We'd love to hear I what will, you all think. I will happily respond. Absolutely. And, I'm, and I promise people this is that I'm passionate about what I believe in, but I'm respectful to each and everybody who wants to have a real conversation because that is the difference between the crazies of the world and the real centered people of the world where we're willing to have real conversation and we're happy to do it because that's the way it needs to be because that's what we need to get back to. Now, I do want to say this. We talk about family values and we're going to get to a little hot take of of Darren's frustration for the week. Hit it, baby. Hit it. You need a we drink. Ta- You're good. We, we talk about core values and we talk about family structure. Yet there is a civil case going on in Arkansas right now about a real family issue. 
Do you know what that issue is? Tell us. Well, do you know what it is? I do not. I have. So not there's a civil issue, uh, in a matter of uh, parental rights and the the fight over certain individuals taking better care of their children that they do or do not want to claim responsibility for. If anybody's out there listening, I think you understand who I'm talking about. It's about a man who has a son that uh, that has had a troubled life and he's made some bad mistakes in his life and he's gotten away with a lot of bad things. And this family believes in family values and they talk about it all the time, especially the older man. By the way, folks, that's our president of the United States who claims to be a solid foundation family man, yet refuses to acknowledge the fact that his son has had a relationship with a prostitute and has a child that they, the entire family refuses to acknowledge, refuses to carry the last name for that child, but tells us that they have strong core family values. And now that man is in Arkansas court this week to fight with this woman that they've already proven 100% that that is his child about whether he thinks he should not be paying any more money because he says he doesn't have enough. He's full of shit, number one. Uh, and I'll happily say that. And it really speaks to the hypocrisy that we live in this world where people will say one thing but live by an entirely set of different principles because they think they can just get away with it. And that should really upset a lot of people. But it just won't. And that's the real sad thing. And that's a hot take for me. And it makes me very unhappy with these people. What say you, Don? Your hot take is highly regarded. (laughs) (laughs) Highly regarded. I'm going to have to read up on that. I missed that one. So thank you for the lead on that one. Yeah. Um, that no problem, um, but uh, uh, the argument uh, and the opinion is well executed. Yeah, and I also would say this that that man and his father uh, also tried to demonize and publicly ridicule, along with the media, um, a different man about his family values and his family and his children when they had way too many skeletons in their own closet Mm. that they refused to deal with. And again, also should speak to real hypocrisy that lives within this country and also within the political guidelines that we live by. It is too much hypocrisy. It is very awful that we live in that and that there are still people that are so stuck in their beliefs that they just can't see the clarity that is really there. It, it is, it is really sad and it is really awful, but it's also funny because I, because we can laugh at it. Um, but I feel the worst for that child because that child doesn't deserve that. 
no. a child deserves better than that. Yes. And regardless of whether your son had problems and did what he did, that child is no less fortunate or no, not less better in terms of their stature than your other grandchildren or your other children. No less deserving. They deserve the same love and affection as any other member of that family because they, at the end of the day, that is your bloodline and that is your blood. And shame on you. You know who I'm speaking to. Don't think he's listening, but shame on you. If he is, uh, I appreciate the listen. <laughs> regardless, <laughs> regardless, we right. We want all the listeners we can get, whether you agree or disagree. <laughs> it's true. I bet yes, still sir. shame on you. But yeah, so, but yeah. Let yeah, me. That's uh. Let me ask you this, because uh, uh, you brought something to my attention earlier. Aside from this. Um, that does tie into big business and politics. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, and I know you were you were chomping at the bit, and before we came back from break, you're like, hey, you got to give me time for this. So the floor yeah. is yours, my friend. Let's have it. So the president signed, I think it was an executive order. I think that's what it was on the lines of equity and uh, values around the housing market. And basically said that on May 1st, they were going to penalize. I hate to say that word because that's that's not nice. They were going to add uh, certain fees and charges to new mortgages to homeowners or potential homeowners that had high levels of credit or solid standing on credit to help subsidize and pay for those who do not have good credit. I have one word for that. That's socialism. And that's a fact because you're literally taking money from one hardworking class of person who has worked to increase and improve their credit to good standing. And you're taking that money from them on their mortgage loan and giving it back to the bank to then subsidize and hand out that money to people who have not gotten great credit in their life. I, I think again, in, in this realm, we're in charge of that destiny. We're, we're, we're responsible for our credit in our name. And well, we're just going to say, Hey, if you did the right thing in your life and you worked hard on your credit and you build good credit, well, we're just going to take that money from you and we're going to make you pay more for it. And I saw the numbers today. And I want to look into it because I don't know how factual it is. So don't hold me to that. I actually they have the showed, information up on the website. Yeah. they at it now. <laughs> yeah. So they showed a mortgage value of three. The, the example I saw today was a mortgage value of $350,000 before May 1st at current Fed interest rates was before like P&I and all the other added. Uh, all the other. All the Word other added salad stuff. charges. <laughs> yeah, it's like CDD fees, HOA fees, what are all that stuff? You know, any any extra fees typically, just like the principal and interest, just the principal and interest loan of a $350,000 loan before May 1st was like $1,780 something dollars. I can't remember the exact figure. The new, after we all thought, we were all told it was a, only a nominal fee, it was a small nominal fee just to help subsidize, you know, folks who needed help that had lower standing in credit. The, the article I saw today 
that showed the new value of that same loan, $350,000 loan under current federal interest rates, which again, didn't change much between before May 1st and after May 1st. If anything, I think they went down again. Uh, I don't know for sure. Again, don't hold me to that. But that new loan went from like $1,780-something to damn near $3,000 for that same loan. Again, don't know for sure if that's true or not. You can tell me if you're reading the article right now. But either way, I don't care if it's a damn dollar. I don't care if it's $10 or $1,000. Why in the hell should I have to give away my money, more of my money? I already give away a ton of my money in taxes. We all agree, and I think a very large majority of the country will agree, that they don't like paying all the taxes that they pay. We understand, I think a lot of us agree that taxes are necessary, but we also, a lot of us agree that taxes are being unfairly spent or improperly spent, and our government is mismanaging our money on both sides. No. On both sides of the table. Mismanaging our money? I'm saying it, brother. But we can all agree on that. But now you're going to say that through all of that, through all of the challenges and, and, and all of the struggles that we've gone through, if I manage to come out of that and I've managed to continue a good credit standing and I've taken care of myself and I've taken care of my family and my family has provided itself a life that is good and decent and of good credit standing, you're going to take more money from me to give it to somebody else. I Again, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I challenge anybody, anybody out there to try to tell me otherwise how that's a good idea and how that is actually fair and equitable because they talk about how it's an equity, equity improvement. But I would like you to explain to me how that's really equitable for all of us. Please. I dare you. I'm reading over slightly, and we can touch on this as a follow-up on the next episode. So from what I'm reading over here now, uh, it looks like an adjustment was made (laughs) and I'll get more facts on it. An adjustment was made because for the longest time, I believe 700 was the best credit score you could get, right? About 700, 750. Well, now it's like 850. I think is the max. And that's it. And there, and there it is right there. Part of it is, They say here in an example that I'm reading, a borrower with a credit score and a 20% down payment previously would have paid an upfront fee equal to one and a quarter percent of the loan amount, $37.50 on a $300,000 loan. Now their fee has been raised to $1.375 or a total of $4,125 on a $300,000 loan. But it goes on to say in this article, that uh for the record i want to note sources i'm reading this on business insider bauer with a credit score of 780 or higher who does the same their fees will actually be less so uh there are other things being scored into it of course um if you account for the fact that if you have a lower down payment um you're going to have mm-hmm. private mortgage insurance which will overall rise your cost yep uh, there there's there's a whole bunch to it they also said here that it looks like it applies to anybody getting conventional mortgage backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, mm-hmm. but not other mortgages. Yep. So the question will also be, where do you get the mortgage? 
so on the surface from my brief reading of this is the fees were adjusted based on a change in credit scores. Yep. So where your credit score, the old standard was seven to seven fifty, you paid this price. Well, now the new standard is like eight hundred, eight fifty. So by that, your credit score is now deemed lower, so you're paying more money. It's a big numbers game, right? Right. But- I mean, you know, I mean, the the banks and the government are are, are going to win here. The because oh, yeah, what choice do we have? The criticism is, of course, is that people are paying higher fees so that you can subsidize people with lower income or less a lower credit score so that you can get them into the housing market. And according to somebody here, that is not the case. They're just saying that uh, the structure, the pricing structure was due for an upgrade um, and now they're better aligning it. Yeah, that sounds like if, that sounds like some horseshit. Some lawyers come up right. with to, to so, try to hide what they're really doing. For the record, if that's <laughs> if that's true, the new credit scores, I think eight fifty is the tops now, has been out for quite a few years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, it has. All right, the new system. So, so the, 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 the bill was signed if, though if, to affect anybody with a seven fifty or higher. Right. So if if this is true that they just said, hey, the tables needed to be readjusted based on the new credit scores. If it's all true, I understand it, but your timing is horrible. Yeah. You're, you're, and, and the dis, and clarity needs to come out. If you had come out and just said, we're changing these rules because over the, the last few years, what have you, there's been a way uh, a change in the way the credit scores are. Credit scores are now higher. So we are reassessing this. And that's why we're doing that. If you had come out and said that, would have people have still been disgruntled about it? Because, hey, you know, I've got a 725. Yes. But it would have been made clear why they're doing it. It would have been taken with a grain of salt. The, right. the timing, the timing and the way it's being done is very suspicious. Well, I put it this way. Is, I, 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 permission to use an analogy of course always cool so a lot of colleges and a lot of groups in this country are are teaching the younger generation that we all agree and we all know that the eastern world colonized America right and we all say that was the well, breadbasket of society, brother, no matter what right, part but, of the world you're from. But we all say that that was evil and how all awful things that were done. And they did a lot of awful, terrible things. I mean, we can agree on that, right? Oh, like 100%. Part, part of that was just the way it was. It was the nature of our past. It was the, it was the past being in the past. And we, we wanted out, it, right? That's it. We wanted out. We wanted better. But that same people, those same people will say how evil that is and and the colonization of of that was terrible and it was it was awful and it was wrong well guess what stop colonizing my bank account because that's what you're doing it was my money it's not yours you uh worked for and it? you are welcome right you went to work you worked hard for it right yeah Fair stop days work trying for to come a fair over here. Wage. Yeah, stop trying to come over here and take what's mine just because you don't think it's fair that you don't have your own. Ouch, Darren, you hurt my feelings. It wasn't to you. It was to the <laughs> world. I know. 
All right, if you my work friend. hard for what you love in this life, you should be able to love it and it should be yours. The one thing that, that my grandfather, God bless him, taught me early on, a little old school wisdom from the old country, nothing is free. Yep. If you want it, you got to go get it. 100%. If you keep pushing and working harder, you can get it. You just have to apply yourself to it. Nothing, uh, if something is handed to you, you didn't earn it. Yep. That's it. If you want it, go get it. And, and that's how, that's how it should be. Right. Yep. We all, we all love gifts and at every point in our life, we need help and support and we need a bump. We all get that. We've all fallen on hard times, right? We all need, uh, I'm not going to call it a handout. I'm going to call it help. There's a big difference. Yeah. The, the help is to just get me back on my feet. Let me get it together and then get back on to what I was doing. Yep. A handout is I'm just going to sit here and take it. Right. And but take again, it and take it and people, take it and take it and take it and take it. And that's, you're not teaching not people resiliency when you right. do that. You're not teaching people to become stronger, better individuals. You're, you're not teaching, teaching them strong be, moral values. You're teaching them to be lazier yes. and to accept defeat and accept that no matter what, somebody will come take care of you regardless. Oh, but that's not the way the world works, my friend. But folks, I'll tell you this. No matter what, we always have the same message. And it's that. No matter what your beliefs are, be proud of them, be willing to talk about them, be respectful and be kind, and that's it. You forgot one thing. What's that? They're all welcome here, my friend. I'm politically smashed. Absolutely. Come hang out. Come hang out with us anytime. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you again next time. Take care of each other out there, everybody. We're out. Later.